How's it going, Lakeland? Welcome back to A View from City Hall. This is Chad McLeod, one of your city commissioners, and welcome to the podcast. If you're coming to this podcast for the first time, I want to welcome you here. My goal is to release these episodes the day after every commission meeting. It's ambitious to do that. I missed our last meeting, uh, getting a podcast episode out. It just uh, We had strategic planning uh, the two days after our last commission meeting. And so it was very difficult for me to squeeze in a podcast episode. So I'm back for this one. And that that will continue to be my goal to every day uh, after the Tuesday following our commission meetings to have a, a new episode come out just to give a recap of the things we're talking about the decisions we've made just some of the initiatives that we have going on. And so we have a lot that's happening. There's so many issues that are in play right now. And just it's a it's an exciting time for Lakeland. There's some challenging issues. And so I want to talk uh, this episode about a couple of things. I want to give a little bit of a recap of our strategic planning session that I just mentioned and what happened there, what are we doing, how does that impact our city. I'll talk about the hospital lease decision. You may have seen that. That's big news that that came out of the meeting uh, yesterday and restructuring uh, that arrangement and why I think that was absolutely the right call. I will talk a little bit about affordable housing. We had two workshops yesterday morning, and so that's it's always interesting when you have kind of a marathon day of meetings. We started at 10 a.m. with an affordable housing workshop. We uh, went uh, at 11 a.m. into a body camera discussion. And so I'll talk about that as well and, and try to give some perspective from my viewpoint. But again, thank you for listening to this podcast. And uh, I continue to run into people who say, hey, I, I heard your podcast and I, I like it. Thank you for doing that. And so here I am uh, with this episode. Today is Tuesday, March 2nd. Hard to believe we're already into March and spring is on its way. Sun and fun will be here soon. But yeah, let, let's talk a little bit about strategic planning. And so I love the days that we spend doing strategic planning. It's intense. I mean, we start at 8 a.m. and go almost until 5 p.m., and it's a lot of discussion on different issues. But what I like about it is it's a chance for us as commissioners to step away from the the routine of our commission meetings. And, and our meetings are, are good. They're important. We, we vote on many significant issues for the city, but I think we by nature of those meetings, if you've ever watched one, if you've ever attended one, we get into a lot of detailed issues, the minutia of government, things that have to be decided. Uh, They are critical to the mission of the city. But strategic planning offers us a, a unique time to step away from that and really look out at big picture issues, the direction of the city, where are we going, what are our challenges? And so that's what we spent several days talking about. Yeah last year, and and last year was my first strategic planning session, we established eight target areas that we wanted to have specific goals and initiatives and things uh, working in those different areas. And so it, it was a challenge last year to come up with those eight and settle on different initiatives and specifics. And uh, But this year, we were coming back and looking at those eight areas again and deciding are, are the things that are under those areas that the, the specifics around them, are those still relevant? Do we want to change those? Uh, do we want to add to them? And, and so it gave, gave a lot of discussion. Uh, before I, you know, I was going to touch on the eight areas, but we also had a chance as commissioners just to share with our colleagues kind of an open time. What is it that you want to talk about? What are the things that you want to see our city accomplish? And you may have heard the mayor, uh, Mayor Mutz, released uh, his uh, kind of a, a list of things that he would like to see us pursue. And I thought it was it was great. I think it's ambitious and we need to be ambitious. And I think there were things in that list, uh, particularly a focus on downtown. And, and several of us talked about that, just kind of a renewed effort of uh, what we can do 
to continue the revitalization of our downtown that we're seeing. I really believe we're, we're kind of on a cusp of seeing a, a great downtown uh, on the horizon. I think downtown is, is good. Uh, it has many elements that are um, attractive to, to our residents and our visitors, but, but I think great cities have a great downtown core and, and a place that now I mentioned during strategic planning that, that my wife, Erin, she says we, we need a, a place where people want to linger. And, and sometimes we have that and sometimes we don't, but, but we feel like we're going in that direction. And so how can we as a city have policies and, and do things to encourage uh, the, that kind of environment in a downtown that's truly vibrant, that really is just a, it, it is a, a space uh, that, that people and families want to go and, and make part of their weekends and their evenings. One of the ideas that was floated last year was to consider closing off some streets, maybe even for the long term, to ha- to turn some areas of downtown into outdoor dining and pedestrian uh, walkways. And I, I love the idea. I really would love to see us take that idea into consideration and see what can we do? Can we make uh, a downtown area that is more... Um, conducive to people lingering and, and sitting outside. And, and, and I know we live in Florida, and so there are certain times where maybe that's not as appealing as others. But but I really do think that there's potential there. And so I hope to see that come back around again, that idea of you know, can we turn some of our streets into uh, pedestrian areas, into places where people can can eat outside and gather. So, so that was one thing that I mentioned in my comments. But I, I wanted to share the eight target areas because I think these are important for people to know, uh, especially if you're not watching all of our strategic planning sessions, which I would guess most people aren't sitting there watching the whole thing. But the target areas that we talked about were infrastructure, economic development, affordable housing, city hall communication, catalyst funds. That, that's kind of the downtown area, if you will, uh, of the catalyst plan and some of the funding that had been earmarked for um, those projects and for trying to incentivize some of those projects. Parks and recreation, resiliency plans, and public safety. Those are some very big topics. I think infrastructure alone, we spent a lot of time talking about that. How, How do we meet the needs of the growth that is coming to Lakeland, the growth that is coming to Central Florida. We're not alone in this dilemma. And we uh, are seeing that there are budget cuts that are coming to the Department of Transportation at the state level as a result of COVID. And, And so just keeping up with the maintenance of our existing roads is a challenge much less when we start talking about expansion and the uh, volume of people who are moving into this area. And so those are those are big issues. And as we look at new development projects and approving those and the impact that residential, commercial, what does that have, that impact to our, our roads and our ability for people to move about the city? We spent a lot of time on that. You know, we certainly uh, talked about economic development. We heard from uh, Lakeland Economic Development Council. We had an update from the Central Florida Development Council and the uh, you know, plans and progress on the innovation district out at Florida Poly. I know that's an area that we as a commission would love to see uh, that come to fruition and to really have a research park of sorts out at Florida Poly. And, and what can we do as a commission to support that, to, to see that become a reality? That's certainly a long range 
vision, but those are the kind of things that, that we talked about at strategic planning. And so uh, a good discussion. It was a good two days of, again, just visioning of looking out toward where are we going as a city. I hope that we will reconvene in about six months to get an update on some of these items. Ideally, and, and Dr. Craig Collins uh, of Southeastern University, who facilitated our session, said that that ideally for this to work, we, we're giving city staff direction. We're giving them specifics. We're saying this is where we want to go. And then we come back at at least a mid-year point before February of 2022 when we do this again. But we come back at a mid-year point and we, uh, and we get an update on these items and see is there progress that's been made or there things that, that we need clarification on and to keep a strategic planning process moving. And so that it's a it's a big part of what we do to set the vision and strategy for the city of Lakeland and so it was it was a good uh, uh it was uh, it was time well spent the two days uh that that we were at the RP funding center during strategic planning. Let's talk about the hospital lease a little bit and and I know there are people out there who have followed that who are very familiar with uh, the lease arrangement that we've had with Lakeland Regional Health, and there are others who, who are not. So it's been interesting as the issue came up on Friday and into the weekend, and I've had different people ask me about it. And, and many of them, from family members to neighbors, uh, aren't following every move of the city and and every detail. And so I think there's kind of two buckets of you out there. There are those of you who are very tuned in and you know exactly what's happening with every decision that we make as a commission and what's coming out of City Hall. And then there are others who I would say more more than the first group who you really don't. You're just, you are going about your lives and your business and raising your families. When something like the hospital lease that's big news comes out, there are many details that they don't know or maybe there's context. And, and so they're that always invites questions or people just coming up to me saying, hey, tell me about this, what's happening? And so I, we voted yesterday six to one to change the lease arrangement to allow Lakeland Regional to pay a lump sum of $215 million instead of the annual, right now it's in the neighborhood of $14 million and, and climbing. There is a cap on, on the increases of the lease at the moment, but that is set to expire. Uh, so it's around $14, $15 million a year According to the lease agreement, that was to continue until the year 2040. The hospital, by paying $215 million now, and and to do that, it's important to know that because we're in an environment where interest rates are so low that their ability to borrow, that the cost of borrowing that money is cheaper for them. I think it's about 30% uh, less over the the long run. If they were to continue that lease out to 2040 at, at $14, $15 million, and, and climbing every year, uh, it saves the hospital money. And at the same time, it gives the city a lump sum of money to, to invest and, and to continue funding areas of the budget that we have in the past uh, used the hospital lease for. Uh, this is, it's an interesting deal. And I, when I came into office, I felt like this was one of the, the highest priorities for the commission to figure out a long range solution for this hospital lease. I called it a conundrum to many people I talked to because on one hand, if the hospital lease just went away, we would have about a $14 million hole in our budget uh, that, that we have used in the past and become reliant on. I, I don't know whether that's that's right or not, but but the reality is the city has, has used that money in what's called the public improvement fund to fund parks and facilities and fire trucks and, and different things that, we, that have come out of, of that fund. 
But on the other hand, we are the only city that has an arrangement like this. Usually when you have a a hospital that where the city owns the land or the the building, the facilities, uh, the lease payment back to that city is minimal. One dollar, ten dollars, maybe a hundred dollars, but it's not fourteen million. And and there's a lot of history. This lease has been around since, I believe, 1982, which is when I was born. If that gives you any context, and and I the the intent was never for it to grow to to this level, to something that it really is a, a significant line item for the hospital. And if you look at the environment of healthcare today, I was telling somebody yesterday after this vote, I said I think the days of you know, there are people who who thought, why are we doing this? Why are we, you know, that the hospital is, is an enterprise of the city. We own the land. Why would we let go of that lease or let the hospital off the hook? Why would we not carry the lease out till 2040? And my response to that was several things. But I said, I think the days of a, a hospital being a city enterprise where we pull money out of that, I, those days are gone. You will not see that as a successful recipe for a healthcare system. Competition is uh, alive and well in the marketplace. I don't think that's a bad thing, uh, but we have other health systems coming into the Lakeland area. Orlando Health, uh, we uh, approved their project and annexed that piece of land, and so that is online for the next five years. Um, Advent Health uh, may be coming into this area in the near future. And so for us to put our hospital at a $14, $15 million disadvantage out of the gate uh, by pulling that money back into the city's budget. I, I didn't think that was right. I've never felt like that was right. And But I've also recognized the reality that you know, we had this, this revenue stream that the city has relied on. And so how, how do you get out of it? What do we do? How do we solve this? And so when the hospital leadership approached the commission and they met with us uh, individually before bringing this uh, to us as a group, just with the concept, would we be supportive of this idea? And, and from day one, I felt like this was um, a great solution for both sides. Uh, it, to those who have asked, why you know, are we letting the hospital off the hook? I, I don't think of it that way at all because they're paying us $215 million. And that is that's a sizable amount of money. Yes, there are some assumptions that it, that our finance staff have said. You know, we we hope uh, to be able to earn six percent annually on that two hundred fifteen million. We really need to earn that much for the budget projections, the things that that we have in the budget today, and and uh, and there will be some changes that will have to be made to the public improvement fund. And, and I think that's okay. I think if it if this forces us to look at other ways uh, to budget, to trim expenses, uh, then then that's what we need to do. And so I see this as a, from a public policy standpoint, this was a great move and, and absolutely the right call. We want a strong healthcare system in Lakeland. So what can we do as a city, as a commission, to help put our hospital in the strongest position possible, uh, to serve residents in Lakeland, Polk County, and beyond, to do the things that the hospital needs to do to be successful, finding a solution to the hospital lease uh, was an important decision. Uh, it, was, it was a big decision and a win on all sides. The only other thing I'll say on that is the options at the end of 2040, had we carried this lease out, there was tremendous uncertainty as to what we would be able to do uh, with 
the lease. And if we renewed it, we would be looking at state law requiring us to be consistent with other municipal leases around the state of Florida, which, as I mentioned before, are in the $1, $10, $100 range. And and, and every other scenario that, that we looked at, to me, just this is something that brings certainty into the equation. And, and for that reason and those that I've, that I've explained, I you know, 100% think this was the right move. I want to talk a little bit about affordable housing and body cameras. Those are the last two topics uh, on this episode, just following the workshops that we had on, on Monday. And I'll talk about affordable housing first. I am the commission's representative to our local affordable housing advisory committee. And so that's made up of some city staff, people from the community who we get together every other month or so to look at our housing policies, to look at how are we encouraging developers to to build, whether it's apartments or single family homes that are available for people on different tiers of of income. Uh, The annual median income. There are different levels of what is affordable. And so we have a a range of of options and tools and tactics and things that we do as a city. And and so I am the the commission's representative to that committee. And every city or county has an affordable housing advisory committee. And the state legislature requires uh, a commissioner to to be on that committee. And recently I had a chance to be on a call with um, other commissioners from across Central Florida, just to hear different programs and initiatives and how we're all addressing affordable housing. And I mentioned this yesterday in, the, in our commission meeting that Lakeland, I, the, we have made significant strides on the issue of affordable housing. And, and if you look at the projects that are underway, the apartment complexes that are, have either been built or being built, I, I think there are, it's between four and 500 housing units that are either uh, up and available or in the works currently um, that qualify as as affordable housing on some level. There has been a request uh, for the city to consider an affordable housing trust fund. And we've had uh, a community group piece that is very involved on the issue of affordable housing and and, uh, had requested that we would take a look at this. And we talked about that yesterday. And uh, it was interesting to me that the state of Florida has an affordable housing trust fund, but outside of that, you really don't find many counties, and there's only one city in Florida, and that's Key West, that has an affordable housing trust fund. Uh, the, the counties that have them, there's Pinellas, Hillsborough, and, and Miami-Dade, and those are very large counties, and they are, they're difficult to fund, and that's one of the reasons you don't see many cities that are using that as a, as a mechanism to establish affordable housing units. We are committing from our uh, city's general fund budget the past several years, $250,000 toward, affordable, toward affordable housing uh, developments, also $250,000 from the Community Redevelopment Agency. So a total of half a million dollars annually for the past several years has gone into affordable housing initiatives. Just a, a number of things that I think our city staff, are, that they are doing creatively, I would add, to address affordable housing. There are still, there's still a ways to go, and housing is a huge need uh, affordable housing uh, on all levels, workforce housing. I think that's going to continue to grow. That was one of the things that you know I walked away with when you know, talking to my colleagues uh, across Central Florida is that we all have uh, pressing needs in the area of affordable housing. But I think we can continue to make those strides and and do good work and and provide more housing units without establishing an affordable housing trust fund. It would take millions of dollars to do that. And just finding that that source uh, of revenue is is difficult. So I wanted to mention that because that's that's something that you know, we continue to talk about. And even in strategic planning, affordable housing was was a big issue. 
body cameras. So let's spend a few minutes on that. We had an update from our Police Chief Ruben Garcia and Assistant Chief Hans Lehman, who walked through the options for using body cameras at the Lakeland Police Department. This uh, certainly is a topic that is, has been around for some time. I think you, from from what I know, it's about 50-50 in terms of police departments, sheriff's offices, law enforcement agencies across the country. Half are using body cameras and about half are not. And there is, there's a lot of thought and opinion. There, there's a lot of passion on this issue. There are those who think that the technology is there. It brings transparency to the process, that it is good for uh, police relationships with the community, that it tells the story, that it's good for the community, uh, those who are being policed, and it's good for police officers because it captures what, what's happening. Uh, there is tremendous costs that go along with body cameras into the millions of dollars. And so similar to the affordable housing trust fund issue, we start to look at if we go that route, how do we fund it? And I don't think we're there yet. I think it was interesting to hear from the police chief who I thought gave a very balanced look at uh, the body cameras as they are today and, and departments that have used them. And he has reiterated that body cameras are not a silver bullet to uh, correcting police misconduct that the culture of a department, that training, the protocols, that all of that is probably more important than body cameras themselves. Now, there, there's a perception that goes along with if, I think, if departments are using body cameras, that they, they want to be transparent. And I think we, we need to look at that. We, we really do. Um, but there are agencies where they've had incidents happen and misconduct and, and they've had body cameras. And so that's, that is a, an important point to make. There were several commissioners yesterday who said, we want to hear more. We want to hear from some cities and agencies that have already gone down this road and hear how they have either benefited from having them, how have they funded them. We really don't think there are many grant opportunities available. Uh, earlier, I think last year, there was some discussion that maybe we would be able to have um, federal funding, federal grants, if we decided to utilize body cameras, and it just doesn't seem to be the case right now that, that those are funds are not available. So we would have to figure out how to fund it. But I, I know that there's enough interest from the commission to go to the next step, to hear from other cities, to hear from people uh, outside of Lakeland, other law enforcement agencies that are utilizing them, and what has their experience been. Um, so, so that was the, the gist of that workshop, and I think you'll hear more on that. The only other thing that I'll say for this episode, and I'm going to round it out, I try to stay around 20 minutes and I'm a little over that today. I think we've, we just had an, uh, you know, so many topics that we're discussing as a commission, but um, April 6th is the special election for the Southeast District seat. Currently, Commissioner Selvage is our interim commissioner, and it's been great having him on the commission because he brings so much perspective and history, uh, having served two terms um, and just his knowledge of the process. But on April 6th, we have four uh, candidates who are running. And so I encourage you uh, to check those candidates out to get to know them, their platforms, why they're running. It's an important process to have that special election. It's the only thing I believe that's on that ballot for Lakeland residents. So we really want turnout. We want people to be involved and be engaged. And and I know that Lakeland now is having a, a candidate forum this month. So I encourage you to, to check that out. And, and certainly uh, best of luck to those candidates, because it's a tough thing to put yourself out and uh, ask for people to vote for you and, and to get into the arena. And so more on that, we'll see what happens on April 6th. 
Thank you, as always, for listening to A View from City Hall. You can find me. Uh, you can email me at chad.mcleod at lakelingov.net. I post these podcasts on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and wherever else you, you are uh, listening to your podcast. You can also visit chadmcleod.com. That's my personal website, and I post podcasts and occasional blog posts there as well. Have a great week, Lakelanders. I'll see you back again soon.